Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include industry chatter and the latest housing-related indicators. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Richie May. Richie May is a recognized leader in providing specialized advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. The firm has also consistently been recognized as one of the fastest growing firms in the country and has been named to the Housing Wire Tech 100 and Mortgage, Accounting Today Firms to Watch, and the fastest growing firms. The firm has also received multiple awards for excellence and firm culture from inside public accounting. To experience how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit richiemay.com. As our brethren trail off home from the Texas MBA to the airport in Austin and actually recognize each other without masks, the talk is about volume and cutbacks. Vendors are being beaten up on price, and long, long gone are the days of padding margins to slow things down as mortgage applications tumble week after week. Refinance volumes have fallen dramatically and are now heavily skewed towards cash-out transactions. Lenders also continue to indicate margins have been cut as much as possible, forcing reductions in capacity to try and control costs as volumes fall. Mid-level management is threatened. Does a company really need district, regional, and divisional managers? Producing branch managers on a salary-plus commission are being scrutinized, especially in smaller markets, and LO Comp is being analyzed and segregated. To talk a little bit more about that, we welcome back to the show Rob Chrisman, author of the Chrisman Commentary or author of part of the Crispin Commentary. I guess I'm the author of part of the Crispin Commentary, too. They say tough times don't last, tough people last. You talk about what you're hearing out there in terms of cutbacks as a result of uh, volume drops. So what I'm hearing is that a lot of companies are having trouble staying ahead of cutting costs. And in the current environment where rates have gone up and now they've They've been relatively steady for a little bit here. It's a good thing. It's allowing companies to catch up and try to figure out where their volumes are going to be. But there's a lot of talk out there that we're heading back to 2017, 2018 levels. And companies that ramped up quite a bit to take advantage of the refi markets over the last couple of years are now having to make some hard decisions in terms of management, in terms of personnel, ops, production, eliminating inefficient operations and so on. Independent mortgage banks do not have the advantage that banks have right now because banks can reallocate some of those resources. Obviously, it's easier to move somebody within the company because you've already trained them. They're already set up on payroll. They're already part of the ecosystem of the company. So banks can reallocate those into car loans or credit cards or other parts of the bank. Independent mortgage banks don't have that luxury. So a lot of independent mortgage banks are having to make some very tough decisions, as I mentioned, with regard to cutting costs. When the next market cycle happens, you think companies will have learned from this one in terms of scaling up and down rapidly? Because they should have learned that lesson back in 2017. But it seems they're, they're struggling with the, the same issue of not being able to cut costs fast enough. Well, that's one of the points that vendors make with regard to scalability. And 
why staff up when you can use our technology to staff up for you and turning a fixed cost into a variable cost. That's the goal of, of many companies is to turn fixed costs into variable costs and allow them to scale up and scale down and so on. So talk about learning a lesson. One of the, one of the lessons is that, that companies, whether it's mortgage banks or anybody want to take advantage of the opportunity. If you're a, if you're a hot dog vendor and uh, the Formula One race is coming to town, you get excited and you staff up and so forth and so on. When that formula race comes and goes, suddenly you have to, to cut back and you're going to cut back. And, and what you learn, whether you're a hot dog vendor or a huge independent mortgage bank or a bank in general, is that you need to be able to take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves. Because frankly, a lot of mortgage banking is just day in and day out doing the grind. And it's a good living, but it's not exciting. The last two years have been very exciting. And I think we're heading back to the grind. When it comes to equity markets, you talk about bear markets and bull markets. Bull markets seem to last for a lot longer than bear markets do. It'll be a bull market for several years and then a bear market for one or two years and then back to a bull market to complete an economic cycle. Does the mortgage industry work the same way? Pretty much. Business cycles come and go. Inflation comes and goes. Housing swings come and go. It's, it's well documented that cycles happen, whether in nature or in business. And so what we're dealing with now is just part of the cycle. And I think a lot of veterans who've been in the business for a long time realize that and are are making moves now to stay alive and fight another day. When you write about something like mid-level management being threatened in the commentary today, what's the general sentiment you hear back from people? Are they upset that you would say such a thing? Do they commiserate with it? Do they say, I, I need a job, I should post at Lender News? What do people say to you? All of the above. The fact of the matter is that people in our industry are seeing the slowdown. When I talk to managers and CEOs about their layoffs, their, their employees know that volumes are down. Their employees know to some extent that their jobs are potentially in danger. And the mid-level managers who've been around the business 5, 10, 20 years, they, they know it as well. And so I hate to say they can see the writing on the wall, but there are things going on out there that are irrefutable. And Employees know that companies need to keep the company alive and that's their goal and they understand how things work. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Yes, this morning's MBA application data reminded us that rates do impact volume. The housing market is starting to feel the effects of higher mortgage rates that have risen in anticipation of aggressive tightening of monetary policy by the Federal Reserve. Rates are the highest they've been since 2009, having surpassed all forecasts from the beginning of the year. Existing home sales declined 2.7% in March, following an 8.6% drop in February as affordability and historical lack of supply take their toll on would-be buyers. The median existing home price was 15% higher in March 2022 versus March 2021, and the southern region of the country saw price rises more than 21%. 
Despite the significant increase in prices, this region remains affordable by comparison to the Northeast and West. Last week, we also learned that single-family housing starts fell 1.7% in March, and permits were down 4.8% as builders still face materials and worker shortages. Additionally, the higher rates may be causing some builders to pause new projects as buyer traffic is reported to have slowed. Meanwhile, the 811,000 multifamily units under construction is the highest since May 1974. It is important to note that while starts and existing sales have slowed, their pace remains higher than at any point from 2008 until 2019, and the Mortgage Bankers Association forecast 2022 purchase mortgage volume to be near record levels. There was a lot of data to digest yesterday, and it was mixed relative to expectations. New home sales missed estimates, declining 8.6% month over month in March to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 763,000 units. On a year-over-year basis, new home sales were down 12.6%, as sales of lower-priced homes have decreased as a percentage of overall sales, likely due to less supply resulting from supply chain pressures and increased costs for builders, leading to more effort spent on the luxury sector. Coupled with rising mortgage rates, reducing affordability for lower-income buyers and higher-priced homes accounting for a larger percentage of new homes sold, the median home price rose 21% to $436,700. Headline durable orders also missed estimates, increasing 0.8% month-over-month in March when expectations were for a 1.1% increase. It was a nice rebound in order activity after a brief slump in February. Separately, and on the bright side, consumer confidence was better than expected, even though it dipped to 107.3 in April. Consumers' expectations did not worsen much from March in spite of the inflation pressures and the war in Ukraine. In the same period a year ago, the index stood at 117.5. The FHFA Housing Price Index rose 2.1% in February after increasing 1.6% in January, putting the index up 19.4% year-over-year. That marks a new historical record as acceleration in home price growth approached twice the monthly rate seen a year ago, in part due to supply constraints. The S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index was up 20.2% year-over-year in February, beating estimates. Note that Case-Shiller is a more broad-based index than FHFA, which only looks at homes which are backed by a GSE or government loan and excludes jumbos, all-cash sales, and non-QM. The impact of increasing mortgage rates on home prices may not support extraordinary home price growth for much longer, even as we hit the main part of the spring selling season. Mortgage applications continue to fall as rates rise, decreasing 8.3% from one week earlier, according to data from the latest MBA Weekly Mortgage Application Survey. We've also received advanced indicators for March, with the goods trade deficit up 17.8% to $125.3 billion, and retail and wholesale inventories both rising. Later this morning brings March pending home sales and a treasury auction of $49 billion in five-year notes. The desk will purchase up to $1.98 million of conventional MBS across 15-year 2.5% and 3% and 30-year 3.5% and 4%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices almost unchanged from yesterday and the 10-year yielding 2.75% after closing yesterday at 2.77%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I asked my daughter to give me the phone book. She laughed at me, called me a dinosaur, and lent me her iPhone. So, the spider is dead, the iPhone is broken, and my daughter's furious. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Richie May. 
In order to stay competitive and differentiate in the tight market, lenders need to find efficiencies and tighten their operations, leveraging systems designed by mortgage experts for mortgage experts. Richie May's advisory services team is made up of mortgage industry experts and designed to help you find efficiencies in the pursuit of compliance and assurance so that you can continue to drive growth and increase profitability. Visit richiemay.com advisory to learn more about how you can differentiate your business or to set up a meeting with one of Richie May's experts. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.